This episode of the Consulting Pipeline Podcast is brought to you by Specialization School. Specialization School is, in a way, a, a way to compress what could be a, you know, months and months or much longer <laughs> worth of market research down into a three-month time period so that you can gather easily, gather and present yourself with the evidence you need to make a good choice about how to narrow down and choose a, an effective specialization. If that sounds interesting to you, head over to SpecializationSchool.com. Before I get into this episode, I wanted to start with a quick shout out to the three people or one person who has downloaded three episodes of this podcast using VLC Media Player. You rock. I thought for this episode, I would challenge myself to try to overview and give a, a very brief, concise, um, somewhat not too detailed explanation of what positioning is in five minutes. So we'll see if I can pull it off. That's my goal. Here we go. For people who are providing some form of professional services, so I'm not talking about Fortune 500 companies or that type of business, positioning really is specializing. It's specializing your marketing first, and then as that starts to produce results, it is specializing what you actually do. The first round of specialization, if you think of it as a, a sort of game with multiple uh, segments to the game, the first round is to make lead generation easier. That's why you do it. That's why you would think about it. The end game of specialization is to develop exceptionally valuable expertise. This, when you pull it off, has a lot of beneficial side effects. One of them is it lowers your cost of acquiring new clients. For a lot of us, it opens up a, the ability to have a diverse revenue mix, so it's not all based on your services, but you can do things like license intellectual property, develop digital products, that kind of thing. There are five ways you can specialize. I keep changing how I refer to these in search of better, more universal terminology. So you'll see these in my book, The Positioning Manual. You see me use them in different places, but the, the naming has sort of evolved a bit over time. And that, that also, by the way, is why you'll hear me talk much more these days about specialization than positioning. For professional service providers, they mean they are essentially identical. But positioning has to be explained. Specialization really needs almost no explanation. There are five ways you can specialize. There's specializing or focusing on a market vertical. That would be like you saying, I'm, I develop custom software but I'm focused on doing that for uh, companies in the, in the medical industry or the healthcare industry. Or I'm focused on doing that for companies in the logistics or transportation industry. Those are just two out of thousands of market verticals out there. The benefits of focusing vertically at first are business development focused. It makes it easier to find your clients because you now have a focus. You have a sort of bullseye in your marketing efforts. Most generalists do not have that bullseye and therefore their business development is 
uncohesive, to make up a word on the spot. <laughs> it lacks cohesion and therefore tends to be less effective. Over time, you will develop a sort of insider knowledge <clears throat> of how that market vertical works. That insider knowledge will shorten your learning curve with new clients and make it possible for you to deliver more business value. This does not happen at first, but it happens relatively quickly and progressively over time. The second way you can specialize is a horizontal specialization. An example, um, someone I know focuses on legacy Django software upgrades and rescues. What type of market vertical uses Django? All types of market verticals. That's what makes it a horizontal thing, is it cuts across multiple market verticals. What makes this a potentially viable way to specialize? It's a difficult problem. It's a problem that companies that have very competent in-house staff may not have the resources to solve on their own, and therefore they would be open to the idea of working with an outside specialist who's done this enough times that they really understand the terrain, they understand the risks, they understand the opportunities to make things faster, cheaper, better, stronger. I think I'm uh, quoting a Daft Punk song there. Anyway, <laughs> they understand all that stuff so they can bring more value to the table and they can ultimately reduce risk and help the company achieve a better return on investment. The third form of specialization is where you specialize in a software or technology platform. So uh, I know a guy who focuses on um, NetSuite, which has this uh, apparently very powerful but also very complex scripting language called SuiteScript, and he's developing expertise in that and positioning himself as the go-to guy for that. Platform expertise is wonderful. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's not easy to establish yourself as sort of the go-to person, but it is doable. Uh, another great example, my friend Dave Hefner, ElementalSelenium.com. He's sort of become known as the go-to guy for expertise on learning how to use the Selenium test framework. The fourth form of specialization is what I have been referring to recently as multidimensional specialization. That's where you might focus vertically on a market vertical, like, let's say, self-employed software developers, and focus horizontally on a particular problem that is extra relevant to that vertical, such as the problem of positioning and specialization and lead generation. I've just described myself. That's how I approach specialization, is this multidimensional approach. And then finally, the sort of catch-all. <laughs> I've been referring more and more lately to this as the blue ocean approach to specialization. Things change, thank goodness, <laughs> in the world. Sometimes that change is painful, but often it brings with it the opportunity to uh, do something that no one else has done and become known for something that was not even a problem five, ten years ago. Maybe an example of that might be, this is definitely going outside the realm of software developers, something like social media addiction. I don't know for a fact, but I'd be shocked if there are not uh, you know, people working in the mental health field who are now focusing on this form of addiction, which 10 years ago, uh, I'm pretty sure did not exist because the conditions that created it did not exist. 
in the world of software development, I tend to think of a company like Pivotal Labs with their um, sort of long-term focus on developing software using a particular methodology of agile development. And they've become known for that. Like that's, that's a big message in their marketing is that, you know, we're sort of experts in this, this methodology, which produces superior results. And that's a blue ocean strategy, a positioning strategy or a specialization strategy um, in that changing conditions created this new opportunity for them to capitalize on. And that's uh, sort of a characteristic of the, the blue ocean specialization strategy is that you're taking advantage of changing position uh, conditions, if you will, in the market. All right, let's see how I did on time. Yeah, got it under 10 minutes, <laughs> went a little bit beyond five minutes. There you go. That's your overview of what specialization is. Some of the, just, you know, just one step beyond the surface level about how it works and the different ways you can approach it. And I very much hope that that is helpful to you. If you, dear listener, have questions about specialization, I hope you will phone them in to the Consulting Pipeline Podcast Answer Hotline at 707-204-0717. I've added a link to that in the description for the podcast. So any page um, should have a clickable link, at least if you're on a mobile device, it will be clickable. That allows you to call that number. If you call, you'll get a short prompt. You'll leave your question as a, a voicemail message, and I will play it on the show and do my best to answer it. So that's it for this episode of the Consulting Pipeline Podcast. As T.S. Eliot said, what we call the beginning is often the end. And to make an end is to make a beginning. The end is where we start from.